0: Hello folks and welcome to another episode of the sales chat show. I'm Simon Hazeldeen joined as always by my esteemed colleagues Mr. Phil Jesson and Mr. Graham Jones and we have a very special guest with us today for this episode. We have the privilege of having John Lowe with us. John Lowe is a very experienced business person, a 30 year career involving uh, running, buying and selling businesses. John is currently working as a non-exec chairman, a part-time managing director, as well as an advisor to private equity and venture capital companies. So that's an impressive business pedigree. And uh, we've brought John in to to grill him with a few questions. And so we've, in a couple of previous sessions, we've asked sales-related questions from a sales perspective. For For this session, we'd like to ask John when he's a buyer, when he's a buyer himself, buying from salespeople, what have you seen in your experience, John, from from that perspective? Yeah, I suppose what's the good, the bad, and the ugly that you've seen amongst the sales profession when you've been the buyer's side of the desk?
1: Yeah, I have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think <laughs> over, over over the years, I, I think what so what does good look like? Um, for me, it's it feels um, tailored. It feels. Uh, like a really good fit to my needs so I, t- I tend to respect individuals who um, have researched my organisation, my situation, my market <clears throat> they understand my my requirements relative to uh, their research and that they've shaped um, their proposal in a way that, that clearly fits my needs very very closely um, and they've spent time doing it, getting to know uh, what the requirement is, uh, how they can um, meet it but also how they can add value to my, uh, to my needs by suggesting things that I quite frankly had not thought of. So I didn't think I needed what, what, what they ultimately suggested but um, in actual fact it's a much better solution. And I, I guess the flip side to that is, uh, what does bad look like? Well, it, where it feels uh, impersonal, where it feels generic, um, um, where it feels like it's been, that the approach is a cut and paste from the organisation down the road. Um, yeah, I've had situations where I've left messages with individuals to call me back because I'm interested in buying what they have to sell them. Yeah, it takes them three or four days to get back to me. Um, <laughs> if, and sometimes I don't even get back to you at all. So I think you've got to, you've got to expect reasonably that um, people will be responsive and proactive, that they'll uh, have an intelligent approach to establishing what you want, and that they'll provide you with you know, meaningful information that gives you the confidence that,
2: that they can deliver. Most uh, sales training courses would suggest that In the early stages of a call, uh, a salesperson should have an icebreaker. So when people are meeting you for the first time, what does icebreaker mean for you? What do you hope is going to be covered in that sort of minute, two minutes, three minutes?
1: Yeah, I I think you've got to, it's all about people, isn't it? Um, So you've got to have um, a level of um, uh, colour. In the conversation, um, and you know, normally people will ask you if if it happens to be on Monday, you know, did you have a good weekend? Did you do anything good? Or if it's towards the end of the week, have you got anything planned for the weekend? Have you booked your holidays? That sort of thing. I, I think what 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 is not a good idea is to um, is to jump to a conclusion. So, for example, if you um, uh, if, if I happen to be sitting in somebody else's office and they've <laughs> got pictures of. Um, you know, 32 pound pike on the wall, and they ask me, um, you know, uh, "How's your fishing been recently?" Then um,
2: that's that's an assumption that could clearly not be helpful. I must share with you on another day my definition of an angler, John, but we won't go then. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> one of our
0: one of our sort of fun episodes on the sales chat show was us sharing our most embarrassing sales moments, and. Um, <clears throat> One of our listeners responded with theirs, which is almost exactly what you just said. They were in the buyer's office and looked at the picture of the children (coughs) <coughs> and said, So how old are the little ones now? To which the buyer responded, I've no idea this isn't my office. <laughs> so it was almost yeah. you know he said it didn't get the meeting off to a didn't get the meeting off to a good start. It okay. was very interesting. What you were saying very, very early on in your response about doing the research, understanding the industry, company, etc. so on and so forth, is almost exactly what came out of a piece of fairly extensive research into how to establish your credibility with senior executives. So that's from a research base and straight from a senior executive. If you haven't done your homework in advance, you are not getting off to a good start. That's just mm. not acceptable in today's world. Neither is a canned generic approach to your customers. Yes, those, are the, those are the two things like that the are paste paste very strong. But what's
3: fascinating is that John said that he's experienced both. So he's experienced the, the well-crafted, personalised approach and also experienced the kind of generic, they couldn't care less about you approach. And yet it does seem to be fairly common sense, you know, apart from the research. If you're trying to sell somebody something, you're going to see it from their perspective and provide what they want and personalise it. That just seems common sense. So why is it there are so many people not adopting common sense? Yeah, I think it's more common than you
1: think. Um, I've, I've, I still see it now. Yeah. Um, I, I've, and I've, recently we uh, went through a procurement process for, um, for some professional services and um, um, and I, I didn't personally evaluate the responses but I saw some of it and I got the summary feedback and uh, I think there were five firms for legal services that provided the um, uh, or responded to the specification and some of them were shocking because they just really they evidently didn't understand what we do yeah. and um, at, at the most fundamental level you, you you immediately lose confidence that if they that they're either over successful so they don't need the business yeah. or they're just really poor in terms of customer engagement both of those scenarios are, 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 are very um, negative in terms of uh, their chances of securing mm. the business. But you've got a company. website
3: that says what you do. So yeah, they, they, it's
1: they don't, they, they're, they're lazy. They're, you know, all they've got to do is yeah. go to your website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're lazy. Yeah. That's yeah. the point. They're yeah. lazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they are lazy. And some people are lazy, aren't they? It's a broad spectrum of society and in the sales community you've got the same spectrum. Some people are more energetic yeah. and professional and
2: determined than others. Yeah. Uh, and it's reflected on the quality of the material that they give you. If a salesperson came to see you for 45 minutes for a, an initial meeting, in percentages John how much of the time do you think the salesperson should be talking versus you, the customer or, or as you are at that stage, the prospect, where would you put the, the percentages on who does the talking? I, I think at
1: the first meeting the salesperson should be doing no more than probably 30% of the of the talking. Um, and. and I, And because what they need to do is they need to be asking sufficiently intelligent questions that then get the right response and that response enables them to formulate their proposal. Um, And when they come back for the second meeting, hopefully um, they do, then I would expect that ratio to change somewhat where they're in the mode of um, presenting their solution, their benefits and uh and the proposal overall but the first meeting they should be listening
0: that must be quite fascinating for people listening in if you think you've got quite a lot of competition out there maybe you haven't got as much competition as you think because if you take all the lazy people or the people who've got that percentage the wrong way round or they're doing you know, this is a really recent example where you've gone out through for a procurement process and, you know, it sounds like at least two out of the five, three out of the five have probably get kicked out because they haven't listened and haven't responded. So you might not have as much competition folks who are listening in as you think. And if you're doing that research piece, you you might end up in a marketplace of one for some pieces of business. You know, you're gonna become the only obvious choice by Mm. just doing those basic disciplines.
3: But what John was saying was that this was professional services. Yeah. (laughs) And it seems that their sales were pretty amateur Mm. (laughs) in in their approach.
0: But I think I was very quite interesting as well that John was interpreting their behaviour in a certain way, which you will do as a buyer. Either they're they're not listening or they're sloppy or whatever, or they're so busy they don't really care. And you know, it's very interesting the perceptions you're drawing from the behaviours of the salespeople. And that the way they behave in the sales process, buyers will often say, "Well, if that's how they behave when they're trying to sell to me, what's it going to be like when they're looking after me?" You know, is that something that that you would, that you would kind of concur with from that point of view? Is that is that is that something you take into account as a buyer? I th- I think you have to because these the if you meet with the
1: representative of a potential supplier and, you know that they, they will they will have. Um, the culture of their own organisation, um, evident. So if they are, if they lack professionalism, or they lack desire, or um, um, or they're not perhaps honest, uh, or they avoid difficult questions, you know, that tells you a lot about the culture of the organisation that they work with. Because you know they haven't got the right values, or they haven't got the right integrity, or they just don't have the level of professionalism. And I think you can, you can, um, you can go, um You can understand quite well the potential for poor service um, based on that initial meeting um, at the first point of contact with a representative from an organization. It's uh, it's just so
2: important. Further down the line, John, when the representative has got to proposal stage, let's say, and you find yourself in a meeting room or a boardroom with a couple of your colleagues and the salesperson is there, that you met some weeks before, but now they're accompanied by either their boss or a technical person maybe there to support them. In that presentation, stroke pitch, do you have any sort of likes and dislikes on what you like to see and hate to see when uh, salespeople are in that mode? Yeah, I think I think um, what what turns
1: people off, and it certainly it's true for me is if it's just too wooden. Um, you've got to have personality that that shines through. Um, it's got to be interesting to listen to. Um, it's, it's got to get to the point. So you don't want somebody who's going to entertain you. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't set, suggest that for a moment. But equally, you don't want somebody who's just going to bore you to death with statistics and numbers and facts. They, they have to bring it to life in order to make it relevant. And the more they bring it to life in a professional way, then the more likely it is that I'm going to listen, I'm going to hear what they say because I'm listening because it's it's something that I'm tuned into, um, I, I th- and there's various ways in which I've have seen that done um, very successfully, but you know one of which is testimonials or case studies where um, they usefully illustrate uh, the context in which other organisations have got benefits from the product or service and um, and they proactively um, give you reference checks and opportunities to validate the, the points that they're making and all of that builds your confidence and, and, and the fact that they're offering that, that level of um, assurance shows that they're confident as well as are their existing customers. So all of those things, it just helps to bring it all to life so
0: those the particularly things like you know which we we've we've advocated um, in previous episodes using testimonials case studies proactive references as as a buyer that makes you feel more confident and comfortable in them as a potential provider does it does it de-risk them for you as a as a provider i think it
1: it, it certainly provides you with more gives you more confidence yeah and it it also it, there's, there's two, two parts to it I guess. What One is it gives you confidence that A, a another customer has been happy but um, if you choose to contact that customer it gives you the opportunity just to um, establish uh, how they acquired the product or the service what issues, not necessarily from a supplier point of view but what issues did they encounter that, that my organisation might be able to learn from before we encounter the same issues. <laughs> yeah. um, and that that's all about adding value from a supplier point of view because they're going to make my life easier because I'm not going to um, fall into the same traps that other organisations
0: may have done. That's an interesting, I hadn't thought about it, I have to say until you said that, I hadn't thought about it as a potentially a way of adding value to the client. I would always thought about it as a way of satisfying the client's Concerns and confidence, but that's a very, very interesting perspective. That you may also get some value out of the the connection with the other with the other providers used to service. So that's a very, very interesting, very interesting way to 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 think about it. Um, probably for entertainment value, um, the worst possible sales presentation you've ever been presented with. I should point out at this stage that
2: I have been in that situation with John many you have times, presented and I, the job um, rather hoping he doesn't mention me at this uh, moment on the table if he does I should just tell our listeners we do have an edit facility <laughs> alright then second worst <laughs> um, I,
1: I, I'm, I'm, str- I'm struggling to think of, um, of uh, really a really bad example but I, I have been on the receiving end of proposals that um, that have the wrong name on them, um, <laughs> um, spelling yeah. mistakes, um, obviously cut and paste paragraphs that don't yeah. quite stitch together properly, um, poor quality graphics on the paper, um, not delivering proposals on time. Um Ouch. Yes. Coming to present a solution and not having checked whether or not there's a display screen for the AV equipment, they don't know who's in the room and when the introductions are done they clearly don't write the names down so they're not going to remember it either. Um, <laughs> And, you know, the list goes on. Um, I, I've, I've encountered all of those things, uh, happily not all in the same place, and <laughs> indeed never with you, for well, Thank for you.
0: A, right. for that would have been an awesome one if they were all in the same place. But it does sound all like in the same place. writing
3: a comedy script for a TV programme on, you know, <laughs> the worst salesman of the year. Yeah. But they, you know... It happens. It, it happens, it, it exists. Happens. And so your point about lack of competition for salespeople is quite important. There's a lot of potential for people because there are still people making those school child errors
0: Mm. well suggestion to our listeners rewind a little bit play john's catalogue of errors and be honest with yourself go through it and realize if you've ever made those and of course none of us at the sales chat show would ever have made any of those errors but there might have been one or two along the way that I might have winced no we've probably been there at least on one of at least on one of those come on folks be be candid and honest okay i'm uh, with, honest with, i don't with,
3: know what copy and paste
0: means <laughs> 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 so there's 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 a real catalog of errors there that are being made please be honest with yourself make sure you're not making those those fundamental errors you know wrong name in the presentation kind of tells you the obvious cut and paste i thought wow that, that you know i've seen i've seen a few of those you know based on our understanding of your needs and a paragraph that's got nothing at all to nothing at all to do with your business is all is all too common. So you may not have as much competition out there as you think you have and you just need to make sure you raise your game to take out any other competition that you've got. So that's been really fascinating to go the other side the other side of the buying table and fascinating how much your, your many years of business experience tally almost exactly with what all the pieces of the research are saying from, from buyers. And by the way folks, taking three to four days to respond to a message in this day and age is unbelievably appalling. You're going to have gone somewhere else. Your credibility is absolutely in tatters. You need to be much, 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 much faster and getting faster all the time. So thank you very much. I've John Lowe with us, uh, giving us a perspective from the buyer's side of the table. I'm Simon Hazeldean and my colleagues, Phil Jessen and Graham Jones have been here as well. So thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Sales Chat Show. If you'd like to visit saleschatshow.com, you'll find a host of other free recordings that will help to power your sales success. From uh, John and everyone else at the Sales Chat Show, we'd just like to wish you good luck and good selling. Thank you very much for listening.